My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I was to listen to someone say, that would say, oh, no, don't, don't do, don't invest in, that's too far or there's only 15,000 people, what, what are you doing? You're not going to get any growth. Then I'd probably not do anything. You know, I might have, you know, two or three properties here uh, in, in a capital city, but that would be it. Um, so it all depends. It's, it's, just, it's just what you want and it's based on where you are in life and where you want to go. That's how I look at it. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Chair of PICA in Queensland and property investor Terry Loback. We learn some important tips about how Loback has achieved so much in his esteemed career and built his portfolio to $3.5 million of properties. We'll also hear about the impressive year he has had despite the challenges. After accumulating 15 properties in the last 8 years, we find out roughly what the value of the portfolio is worth at this point in time. I had a rough calculation of it. It's probably about, and, and you know, with the, the, the Commonwealth Bank bank app that you see. So it's worth about uh, 3.5. And, and she said it's it's positive cash flow. Like what kind of... It's, it's positive. So that that was, that's that's the strategy is, is to get that. And um, after all cost and everything, we're probably, we're making, this is after paying, you know, the rates and, and all of that. It's making us probably about, um, it, it's it's over a hundred a year, but with, if you take off some of the other, the other costs, it's it's cash flow positive, like in the hand, about 70K. Lowback's portfolio began to grow enormously when he realized that there was a lot of potential in regional areas. He found that you can minimize risk in these areas tremendously just by knowing the market. I bought two of them. So I bought them in in a in a in regional New South Wales. Uh, um, you know, it was a town of, of you know close to twenty thousand people. And and it, and this is the thing is is for me the aha moment was was I guess not listening to naysayers, because yes, you know growth is is very important. We all do it for growth. When someone says they're not doing it for growth, they are doing it. Unless you're investing in Japan, which is a place I go to every year as well, you're doing it for growth. You, you know, um, so. But they, they'll tell you, look, avoid the regions, don't do this, I don't want to do that. You, fair enough, that's, that's fine, that's their strategy, it suits them. But, you know, they're, they're people, they're making six-figure incomes, positive cash flow, without a worry in the world, investing in regional areas, which, you know, you can get 14, 16, 17, 18% um, 
you know, uh, returns, uh, which is which is phenomenal. Um, and there's no risk because, uh, like I've always said, is 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 that uh, I'll probably explain a bit more. Is you've got to know your market, and and being a, a landlord, you know, you've got to know who your potential tenants are, and um, and, and you know, as long as you understand your market, you you'll do fine. Um, you know, it's, it's it's basic economics, and and you know, if the numbers make sense, uh, then do it. But the aha moment was that was when I realised that oh wow, you know, we can we can make good money out of this, um, and and potentially it can it can it can uh, replace our incomes. I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners are probably scratching their head, going, "Okay, we're talking about regional towns, and a lot of the the listeners on the podcast probably would like to know how far uh, a regional towns would you say you're looking at? Because you've got like you know the main capital cities like Adelaide, Brisbane, and so forth. How far would you go to go and find a property like that? You go anywhere. Um, my philosophy is you chase deals. You, you know, you you have to chase the deals, and um, you you got to do whatever it takes. And um, if the numbers make sense. Why wouldn't you pick it up and add it to your portfolio if it's not doing anything? Anything if it's not affecting you negatively, go ahead. You you do have to do proper due diligence. Like for example, a lot of times people will uh, they'll trip over themselves if they 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 might think it's producing good return, but when you think about it, if if a particular regional area charging quite high rates, you know that that eats up on your on on your bottom line. And, um, you know, you don't want that, but uh, you should you should be willing to look at anywhere. You've you got to look at, um, for me, um, the strategy needs to be, uh, you've got to worry about tenants. So, so you need to, you know, you've, of course, you've got to worry about servicing and your tenants. So those are the two things um, that are, there are other things, of course, but these are the two basics. Um, as long as it's a town and a regional town that has industry and has its own um, and, and is quite vibrant in a way that there is a lot of people going in um, and there's, uh, you know, big hospitals, something like that, which which will provide work, um, it's fine. Another thing is, is even if it doesn't provide work um, and there's, it's a, if you know your tenants, you'll be fine. Um, you know, there are good people that live in, in a lot of regional areas that need accommodation. And, um, and you know, you, you're not going to, it, it just depends. Like you can't uh, envision one thing in mind. Like if you envision the Eastern States, like, you know, the, the, the three, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, um, and then you look at the regions, then it's not going to work for you. But if you just look at the numbers, regional towns can be good. And, when, you know, really, when people say, "Oh no, your growth isn't going to be good," then then you manufacture growth. You 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 use your negotiating skills to to get in low, and then you've got your growth automatically. You've you've already built up equity just from just from that. And I've been able to to multiply my portfolio just doing that exactly. And if I'd listened to to, uh, you know, they're great investors, and I've got a lot of respect for them, but you know. A strategy has to be um, personal. I mean, it's got to be based on what you have and what you want. If I was to listen to someone say, that would say, "Oh no, don't, don't do, don't invest in that's too far," or "There's only fifteen thousand people. What, what are you doing? You're not going to get any growth." Then I'd probably not do anything. You know, I might have you know two or three properties here uh, in in a capital city, but that would be it. Um, so it all depends. It's it's just 
it's just what you want and it's based on where you are in life and where you want to go. That's how I look at it. But certainly do not it, do not um, disregard that and, and really, you know, do the maths. And if it works out for you, then go for it. Yeah, totally. So what I'm really curious about is this portfolio that you've built up to purchase 15 properties requires a bit of skill. You know, you've got to understand a little bit of financing, you've got to understand where to look for the properties, you've got to structure it correctly and so forth. Um, uh, I'm only making an assumption here and this is why I would like for you to clarify. Was one property that you purchased another property to create equity so that way you could leapfrog to the next one, leapfrog? Yeah, okay. So, that's that's sort of part of the strategy. And A lot of the equity that started off was with the principal place of residence. So, we had done some renovations and all of that and I, and I bought it for a good good, good deal because, you know, I did buy it off, off family and um, that gave us a little bit of equity. So, then we were able to multiply a little bit that way. However, that all soon that all soon stops. So you need to you need to keep building that. As as we all know, you, you've got to get some other properties that are going to build you some equity. And this is the thing: is that when people say, "Well, you can't buy in the region; they're not going to build you equity." Yes, you can, but you need to negotiate well. You need to. This is where skill, I think, comes out: is that you need to negotiate well. You need to know know the area, and and you need to. There's going to be some distressed sellers, of course, and there's going to be people that just want to sell and, and go elsewhere, whatever their reasons might be. Um, but if you buy well, you can build enough equity to duplicate again. So this is the thing. You don't have to sometimes wait for growth. You can manufacture it. One of the best ways is, is, is I think, to buy well. And it is rare. I mean, it's, um, you know, you can only buy it from whatever the seller wants to sell it. If they don't want to sell, you can't buy it. So that's the thing and, and um, you know, you can do your renovations and all that too but there are certainly opportunities and, and, and if you can negotiate well with a property, you're already, you're already winning. Yeah and that, that's crucial too and I think that's what everyone understands uh, or most investors would have to understand is that in order to be able to get a, a good property, you've got to actually think of the end goal in mind because you know, it's usually buying well, you know, helps you because there's no point buying a property and praying and hoping they'll go up because you don't know when that's going to happen but it's really right at the beginning, you know, it's when your entry point is where you're going to be able to make your money. Yeah and you're right Tyrone and, and you know, the, the thing is is that I mean, my passion, how I, I was into um, share trading, you know, that, that was my passion at uni and, and it still is. And, and, and uh, you know, sometimes we speculate, um, you, you know, we speculate with, with shares and you do that, you know, you, you, you do it. But it's without proper research, it's, that's all it is. It's speculating. And, and that's the thing with property. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's almost quite foolish to just think it's going to keep replicating and, and oh, because of past trends. But, um, it, you know, it, it will, but uh, it's still kind of speculating. So this is where you've got to negotiate. You've got to try to get it. it it's got to be on your terms. And, and this is where, you, you know, it can be good to, 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 to you know, try put some of these uh, strategies into practice, you know, next time you're, you're purchasing a house, you know, negotiate or go to an area where there isn't so many buyers and then you can negotiate even a bit better. Very smart strategy there. Excellent. The other thing you mentioned, you know, renovations, I guess maybe towards sort of subdivision, development, that kind of things. Have you done many of those on your, on the properties that you've purchased? We've done renovations, um, subdividing it or, well, for example, this, this one at um, Port Augusta, it was actually, it caused a bit of a, when we bought it, it was a duplex. 
and duplex, but it was only quite, uh, it was only 2,000 square meters. So it was quite, quite big land. And the owner had, the previous owner, um, had subdivided the back part so to build another another place. And I thought, well, I don't mind, I'll buy it that way. But they had actually done a re-amalgamation of it so to, to so I would only be paying for the for the one title and or two titles instead of three. So um, that's certainly something for future for that. But we've done renovations for that same place. We renovated one of the um, one of the other other units and um, and that was the one which I ended up, well, I haven't used it yet, but I had it revalued by the bank and, and it was, uh, like I paid 110 and, and they revalued it at, um, at 235. Wow, that's very, very good. And that, there's your duplication. You can buy another one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that all came out of negotiating well. Having already established a successful career prior to investing, Loback realized that although he loved his job, like everyone else, he was expendable. He was ultimately chasing after financial freedom, knowing that work can come and go when you least expect it. It's having that no, never giving up. Um, like, for example, the reason why I got into it, although I had a good career before, is that, um, and and I enjoyed that, but with, with a lot of stress in the workplace these days, and, and sometimes you've got to take a break, and, um, you know, which is unfortunate, especially if you're, you might even be doing something you love, but at the end of the day, you can be expendable. And um, and this is the thing. And and for me, I didn't want that 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 anymore. I wanted to, you know, have the option of of having money there, passive income there that was coming through, and and it, you know, start enjoying the 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 nicer things in life without the stress of uh, you you know not knowing that it might be there or may not if you're not working. Coming up after the break, we hear about Loback's role as the chair of the Queensland chapter of PICA. We successfully lobbied against um, some of the, the proposed government uh, rental reforms here in Queensland. So the resources that he uses that inspire him. But another thing that I, I think is missing on a lot of them is, is strategy. So I, I read up a lot of strategic books, really. Some of the best advice he has ever received from his martial arts mentor. Also another thing which which he said is, is, is always always be a sponge for learning like don't ever think you know enough that you can't you can't learn and and i tell that to, to a lot of my students and that's next i'm tyron shum and you're listening to property investory working a nine-to-five job doesn't necessarily mean you can't have also outside activities that impact immunity. Lowback shares his experience with PICA. As I got into to property investing, I, um, I, I wanted to learn from others as well. So I, I didn't, I, I don't really like spruikers. You know, there's, there's a lot in the industry that are, that are spruikers, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it's, it's ironic because sometimes the spruikers are actually pretty good, but they still spruik. So, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch out, you know. But, um, but so I wanted to, to, to uh, I looked into Picker and, and it was, it was not for profit. It was property investors, for property investors, the lobby, the government. So I, I joined and, um, and, you know, I had, uh, I was studying, I was um, doing some study and, and, and work at the time. And, 
and I had a bit of time and I thought, look, I want to give back. And um, I, I joined Picker and we successfully lobbied against um, some of the, the proposed government uh, rental reforms here in Queensland. So, um, you, you know, Picker played a played a big part and, and a number of the property investors here played a very big part in getting the, the state government to reverse those uh those proposed laws, which were very unfair for property investors. What kind of laws, for example? Just an example. Oh, like for example, um, uh, you know, certain tenancy sort of agreements and, and allowing people to break, you know, break break the tenancy. And they're trying to utilise things like domestic violence and all of these. Although we, we we're against that as well, but we just wanted a more. It had to be fair. It just couldn't couldn't benefit. The tenant without so much the property investor as well because as you know many property investors you know might only have one or two properties that are just doing it to try to change their lifestyle a little bit and they're they're new to the game and um and something like this could 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 have uh, would have been disastrous really yeah totally and that's the thing we without tenants in our property then there's no passive income that comes in through that so it's it's very important that the government and i guess us lobbyists to be able to you know work out the best situation for everyone make it work have you delved into anything in regards to affordable affordable housing because that's also a big area that has come up you know more in the recent years yeah certainly um Oh, it's funny because i've got i've got a number of properties in in outback new south wales in broken hill actually and um, one of my tenants are um, either a, play, a group called Compass, so they're a um, affordable housing type group, and uh, you know they, they, they're great tenants. Um, we've got no trouble with them, but um, yeah, certainly there's a number of investors here that do look into that. Yeah, and NDIS, um, do you do you know much about and yeah involved in that for in terms of property investings? Yeah, so we're looking to to uh, to do some investments with uh, with some NDIS NDISA housing actually, which can be good returns. Um, yeah, so uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I just had a long long meeting with someone yesterday about it, so uh, it might be a joint venture that I do pretty soon. But uh, maybe maybe that's for another podcast. <laughs> Lowback is an avid reader and shares with us some of the resources that has inspired him along his investing journey. I'm a book collector, so I, I collect a lot of books, you know, about martial arts and property investing and investing. So I like, I really like the older books. Um, you know, there's a book by um, William Nickerson, you know, written in the 1950s about, uh, uh, it's written for an American market, but, you know, for mindset and everything, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And sometimes it's, uh, and that's about property investing. And I think it's one of the older books on on property investment. And sometimes it's good to read a lot of old texts. Um, and you just you, you, because another thing is, and and what I I guess for the listeners, what you what you got to watch out for these days is that a lot of books that come out, particularly if it's a um a buyer's agent or whatnot releasing them, yes, there's some good information there. I, I there is, but it's almost like a business card for them as well. So, you know, they don't quite, it's not like the old books where it's got everything on there. Um, so, you know, that, that's something to watch out for. But but certainly, look, um, there's a lot of good books there, you know, um, Ben Kingsley's stuff, um, you know, he's got some good stuff there on on, uh, on property investment for an Australian market. You know, of course, you know, Jan Summers, who you've had on, uh, you know, Margaret Lomas, all of them. Um, we can learn a lot from from those, um, but yeah, certainly I, I think 
other than I, I do have a lot of property investment books, um, it's really important to do that, uh, to read up. But another thing that I, I think is missing on a lot of them is, is, is strategy. So I, I read up a lot of strategic books, really. Um, and, and you know, as a, as a youngster, I used to love the Book of Five Rings uh, and, yeah, with Miyamoto Musashi or The Art of War. Um, things like that, that that give you that good mindset of, of you know, not giving up and, and, and really looking – because – really the start like it's it's negotiating if if you put in your offer there's a story that i want to mention and and, and before we go it, it's the most recent property that we bought and um it's a another duplex in wyala and uh i made an offer for that about uh, five months ago and it settled it settles this week so it's this week we get it and um so five months ago the guy said no to, to my offer and i thought all right fair enough um and uh, I, I kind of left it at that. And uh, I ended up during that time, you know, we, we purchased um, three other places. And um, I, I got back, I thought, look, this is a good, this is a good deal. So I made another, another offer to him and he kind of, he, he took it, but I knew what he was kind of after, but it, it made him feel like he had a win because and, and this is the thing sometimes, and he did, he, he, he got it for a good deal, but I also got it for a great deal because I looked at, I, I looked at the, the actual value and, and, you know, look at other um, recent sales and, and I still got it for a fantastic deal. And, um, you know, the, the, the valuation that, that I had, I had a, another independent value and, um, you know, I paid, um, I paid, uh, what is it, about 80,000 less than what the valuation is. So, you know, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't steal it from the guy, but um, I still, <laughs> I, I, I still got a very good deal out of it, and he felt that he got a, an excellent deal. and And that's the thing. Sometimes, yes, we do want to get the best deal all the time, but remember, negotiating is about win win outcomes. I think, and and you know, you've got to be humble about that, and 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 uh, and uh, you know, you'll be rewarded somewhat. And um, and, and sometimes you can put in that a little bit extra and you're still getting a fantastic deal. I'm still getting, I'm getting 15% return out of this. So, you know, two tenants, two long-term tenants. Absolutely. Plus you got uplift of 80K as well too, instantly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's always nice. Lowback is a martial arts enthusiast and has been since he was young and credits many of his skills and a lot of his successes to those practices that were instilled in him. He recalls some of the best advice he has ever received, which was from his martial arts master. Oh, the, be the best advice I've ever received um, would be from from my master. So I'm, I'm a martial artist for, since I was young, and and my my he's, uh, I treat him as my grandfather, Carlos Navarro. He passed away now, but he told me, "Don't give up, son." And that's what that's what he said. He says, "Your your he goes your mindset and everything. You you've got it." He goes, "You." You're very strong in that, and 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 really just thinking, thinking of those words sometimes. You know, during times when I've been wanting to give up, it's just that thing of not giving up. Um, that's been uh, probably the best advice that I've, I've I've received, because you know, and also another thing which which he said is 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 always always be a sponge for learning. Like, don't ever think you know enough that you can't you can't learn. And and I tell that to, to a lot of my students is that. Don't be scared to put on that white belt again, you know, in martial art analogies that you've got to do it because sometimes it may not be someone who invests in property at all. It may be someone who's 
really not done much, but they might tell you one thing that just awakens you and you're like, wow, okay. When thinking about himself 10 years ago, Loback would not change his actions in terms of how they have affected his finances today. However, in terms of his career, a lot of pressure could have been taken off him. Sometimes when we're younger, we're, we're overly ambitious. And, um, and unfortunately, I never had, and I would have liked to, the advice for someone to give me of, of saying, yep, you're doing fine, just stay. You know, sometimes it's, you think that you're not doing well enough, so you try, 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 try. But, uh, but sometimes you just want to hear someone say, no, you're doing pretty good, you know, and, and just to, to stay put. And I think that would be, uh, you know, sometimes that can be the, the, the best advice that someone gives, you know. Loback has vouched for what a good investment year he has had due to COVID, purchasing seven properties since December. He has some exciting plans for the future. We're continuing to grow the portfolio. Like the last year, we've been busy. We've, we've so since December, we've purchased seven properties. Um, one of it, so we, we've been quite busy. And and what I tell people out there is, there are deals out there. So if you chase the deals, you'll be amazed. And the the the, the industry is big enough for everyone, really. Um, you know, so so what I we want to keep. You know, we, we certainly want to keep growing it. We we want to pay down some of it as well. Oh, yes, yes. I do have acreage there in New South Wales, northern New South Wales. I plan, We plan to uh, have a uh, persimmon. You know those persimmon fruits? I plan to, to grow a persimmon farm there. With a very successful career and a hugely thriving portfolio, Lobak not only credits that success to his own skill and hard work, but to those who have taught him so much over the years. I think skill, intelligence and hard work definitely play a big part. And also being, um, you know, being hit down sometimes, sometimes when, uh, you know, things don't work out for us. And if you can use that to, to help yourself move forward, um, that's a great motivator. So I think a, a lot of it has been, you know, skill and hard work and certainly knowing and, and, and being that sponge, you know, learning from people, but, but don't just take everything face value. I mean, like I said, if, if, if I heard, uh, you know, the advice of these fantastic investors and, you, you know, they're great. But when they say, oh, no, don't don't invest in regions. No, no, no. I think what they mean is don't overpay in regions. That's what, that's the advice I want to give people is don't overpay. If you overpay, you'll do what some of these unfortunate people who are winning bloody awards, and sorry for the language, but winning awards, who are winning awards when they were horrendously overpaying in regional areas. And that's something all you had, all they had to do was really do some research on neighboring towns that were not in that catchment. And they would have thought, oh, wow, uh, I've paid 350 or 500,000 for a property that in a neighboring town is only worth 90,000. You know, if we overpay, that's the problem. But uh, I think if you're not overpaying, you'll be all right. Thank you to Terry Loback, our guest on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you want to hear more about his journey and get a copy of this episode guide on the website, head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide. This guide will give you the inside scoop on the little gold nuggets of wisdom of all our guests share from their backstory and their overall strategies and philosophies. 
Plus, you'll get a copy of the advice broken down and shared in a quick and easy to consume format. Simply just head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide and download it today. Thanks for listening. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.